Persistent resistance. <laughs> that was, of course, the MUN anthem from Aranya Yohar at the HMUN in India in 2017. Welcome here, Judy. Thank you. What are you doing here today? So I'm here with Felix, who's actually also my roommate. I'm, I'm Felix. <laughs> yes. That's me. <laughs> I know. I'm oh my God. Over the it's a crossover <laughs> episode. What's up? What's up, Felix? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I'm here to talk a little bit about UNESCO. What is UNESCO? United Nations International Student Conference. Like MUN? Yes. <gasps> it's, well, it's two-part. Well, threefold, actually. We have the academic week in the first week where we're going to be talking about a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, students ca- uh, will have to do an exam and an essay. The second week, we have the actual Model United Nations Conference <gasps> where we're going to have a lot of cool, exciting committees uh, countries to represent the journalistic track, International Court of Justice, and uh, yeah, participants will be able to have hands-on experience in, you know, being delegates in a Model United Nations conference, debating, debating, because in the words of the unofficial MUN yeah. <laughs> anthem, words are steel, right? As yeah. strong as steel. As strong as Do not be yeah. defined by how you feel. Words are strong as steel. Exactly. Have time to heal. <laughs> Only then Can will we they actually never feel. <sighs> will they never be able to make you kneel. Are we going to turn this into a poetry this slam? Is <laughs> <laughs> this is just freestyling now from now on. Yeah, we're actually also... Also we're um, doing some freestyling courses. <laughs> <laughs> There's Human Rights Committee, Freestyling Committee, <laughs> Security Council, and that. No, but um, yeah, we're actually looking for an advocate general and chairs in the moment. Uh, the application deadline for that is the 31st of May. Mm-hmm. So um, I would urge and people to what apply. is a chair is somebody who leads the debates in every different committee. So the person who moderates it. But what is an advocate general? Well, an advocate general is um, basically oversees uh, what goes on for the international uh, court of justice. Mm-hmm. So the advocate general basically basically the chair for the international oh, okay so a different kind of chair yeah exactly okay. and yeah you could i mean you find the details of the roles in our manuals but um yeah i would urge you to apply there's al- also exciting news there is going to be remuneration involved this year <laughs> remuneration as in uh the chair position and the advocate general position. Ah, so they're, they're gonna, gonna get, get, paid. get some cash yes, some pocket money exactly we can do it all online so yeah if anybody still needs that final 100 euros towards the Interrail ticket, <laughs> it's the place to go to. Fit I think Interrail's probably cancelled this summer, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Fuck. It wouldn't be I actually was going to go Interrailing this summer. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I think about all the festivals and all the events. <sighs> also with UNESCO, like we were planning a huge party and all of that. But maybe, just maybe, we could maybe host a virtual <laughs> party. How about I've that, got Felix? <laughs> I've got somebody who'd be down to do it for you. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. I would be very friend of friend that. a guy who's already a passion, he's a DJ and mm-hmm. he he was he was down to do the one for Damon, but that didn't happen. Okay. Um but yeah, you guys have got a bit more time because it's it's happening from twenty ninth of June till the tenth of July. Okay. And yeah, so the first twelve week. twelve days, right? Or thirteen exactly. days. And you also, by the way, all delegates, all participants get uh, six credits. So yeah, that is you. why I have signed up for it. <laughs> <laughs> also because I love MUN, but of the course, credits of credits was a big factor. I was like, hmm, two weeks of my summer. Do I love MUN that much? It's like, <laughs> no, but I need those credits that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's also a lot of fun, like debating, man, talking about cool 
whole topic. I love it. Yeah, it's um, I've had a bit of experience with it, and it's always been a good life. Have you done MUM before? I've done MUM before, yeah, and not on a very major scale, but some, and they've always been a lot of fun. Yeah, I, but I mean, I think it also depends on you. I'm the type of person I I can't shut up. I love debating everything, you know. Mm. Also, playing the devil's advocate thing. Is also, <laughs> wearing like a nice suit. You know, you oh. like MUN is one of the only places where you can mm -hmm. regularly dress up <laughs> and it's not like sad, you know, it's not like a funeral or something. It's like, nah, I'm going to go and pretend to be from like Russia. Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> get pissed off about the nuclear deals happening <laughs> in the Pacific. And I'm going to be wearing like a fucking nice to the nine uh -huh. suit Look at while me. doing it. I represent. <laughs> Always represent. No, but um, I remember actually, funny enough, one of my favorite parts of... Um, Having an MUN experience was, yeah, actually dressing up in the morning. We had one uh, with one of our courses, um, like a, also like a resolution writing um, sort of conference. And I remember I, I was representing the Greens Party, right? And, and I signed up to be chair of the Greens Party. And I specifically on that day wore like a green blazer and green, beautiful green e earrings. And <laughs> just being there, I was like... Uh-huh, this all makes sense. <laughs> I'm in my element. When somebody mentions it, you're like, I know, I know. <laughs> I did it on purpose. Like, it's the greens. <laughs> green earrings, green dress, green party. See? Gotta represent. Threat. <laughs> no, um, yeah, and I think there's also just something about sort of like role-playing, you know? In a lot of psycho psychology studies, they kind of show how when you put yourself in the position um, of debating, you know, of taking that role, and then you almost start believing in that role, and and um, yeah, it would be just interesting for some people to see if they would actually be interested in in working for the United Nations ultimately. Eventually, yeah, I don't even think it's. I mean, I started doing MUM when I was fourteen, yeah. um, and I think that it's not even so much about like working for the UN. It's it's one of these extracurricular things which can give you so many skills in various different areas. Like if yeah. you feel like you're somebody who would like to work on your public speaking, and public speaking is one of those things that I think most people don't like it. There was a while, like, because I did so much MUN when I was like 16, 17, 18, I actually loved doing public speaking. But then after a while of not doing it and getting out of practice, I started to dislike it a lot more mm. and develop a bit of a fear of it. But then after like doing some more recently with like open mic nights and stuff, I enjoyed a lot more, but it's one of those things that you just, it's such a part of life, public speaking. Yeah. And it's something where you, you are going to have to give speeches at times. You're going to have to give presentations either at school or in a company. There's going to be times where you want to perform something that you've created yeah. and you're going to need to do that. Exactly. So an M MUN is a really nice environment because you have a situation where, you know, 30 people or so are all doing role playing. So nobody's themselves. You're not, <laughs> you're not Felix or Judy. You're the delegate from, China, from Spain, you know, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, so you already have that kind of disconnected step of performing in a way. Exactly. And then also it's a really low pressure environment because everybody does it. Yeah. And it, it's not like you're expected to do it. Like if you want to, you don't have to say anything for the whole conference. You could just sit back and watch. But after a while, like, I remember I would always go into these MUNs when I was like 15, 16, and I would never like prepare anything. Mm. I never prepared a resolution. Like, <laughs> of, no of course, I, I, we, we used to make a point out of it in my school. We were like, nah, man, prepare us for nerds, bro. We come in with the Amendment Kings, you know, with fucking Bernie Sanders out here. It's going to rely on rhetoric. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, but words are key, really. And I mean, 
of course you have to come prepared especially for <laughs> yeah, like, is a bit different. Yeah, yeah yeah but in in general i do agree with you that like it's just an enriching experience for any aspect of your life you know like think about the influence the change you want to make you can only make that when you can really articulate yourself in such a way that other people can understand you yeah. and you know where you can try to come to a consensus and that you can equate to resolution writing right mm. so you're trying to enforce certain changes but you also have to accept everybody else's standpoint and come to to something that to eventually people yeah. will vote on and will be happy about and yeah I think that's super important. That's uh, like it also. It's an experience that just, as I said, teaches you the fundamental aspects of like communicating to people from mm. various backgrounds everywhere in the world. And so, so it's whenever I've done it, I haven't done it for a long time now, which is why I'm quite looking forward to UNESCO. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I've always found it to be such an active activity, mm -hmm. something where. You know, you can say, all right, I go to class, I study, or I do an essay, and that's like, you know, my work, or even if you work in a job of some sort. But there are a few things like MUN which engage your mind in such a way where it's like the entire six hours of that day that you're in the conference and it's happening, you're either listening to other people, like thinking about what you're going to say next, thinking about how you're going to make amendments to this bill, mm -hmm. which would like, you know, not only serve the interests of your country, but everybody in the world. So you're yeah. like, there's this presupposed framework of egalitarianism which exists within the UN. So oh, yeah, it's not just, sure. you have to represent the interests <coughs> of your country, but also looking out for everybody in the world. Exactly. And, you know, and there's so much between that dichotomy of, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Ethiopia, but I'm also a citizen of the world. Yeah. There's so much room for the individual to come out and you can be like somebody who doesn't really care so much about your country's national interests and fight from a more personal point of view or you can be somebody who's like, you know, hardline, I only care about Ethiopia. Yeah. You know, I don't care about the oil deals that are going on in Russia or Iran. I'm I'm here for Ethiopia, not yeah. one. No, and, and, and that's the thing that's also um I mean the importance of the United Nations, especially in times like these with all the like global issues that are going around, you know, we require universal solutions, global solutions. And uh it's such a it's such a fine line and a hard thing to kind of uh, balance yourself in between nationalistic interests and then global interests, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, I think we're on our way to to s sort of understand that dichotomy and and how to to um, yeah figure things out on a global scale, or at least I hope with some global solidarity. <coughs> oh yes, that's what we all want. That's very true. That's very true, especially now during Corona times. If you think about it. I mean, it's a big one. We've been having some debates about this in our household. Oh yeah, a lot of debates. I remember <laughs> when we were in the park the other day, and <coughs> I found myself arguing with seven people at the same time. <laughs> of with course, one and we a half all, meters of distance. Of course, yeah, yeah. They were they were very far away, but I was shouting. I've got a loud voice. So it was all fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, Felix was yeah, definitely, definitely playing the devil's advocate. I, 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 I enjoy that is, about you. This, a lot. this happens a lot. Yeah, people think I'm playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I'm just speaking my point of view. <laughs> this I know, is just but that's what, what makes it very like passionate uh, and nice and interesting to mm. debate against you because we we all know you firmly believe. Yeah, in what yeah. yeah. You're <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peterson ain't too bad of a guy, you know. Just being Felix. Just being Felix. <laughs> if you actually listen to what he says. <laughs> Have you read his book, Felix? Um, I don't need to read his book. I've, I've, I've listened to all of his podcasts. 
No, but anyway, I'm I'm super excited, and I'm excited for anybody who's going to join us. Delegate applications end on the 2nd of June. June 2nd. Yes. We'll put a link to that, to both applications, in the description of this podcast. So yeah. if you want to check it out, mm-hmm. it'll be right there. If you click on the button. Yes. If you look at the bottom, it's right there. And just we click have, on it. We have great plans. Thank you. Just click on the button. Click <laughs> on the link. Yuniska. It's really good. Yes. Follow us on Instagram. Check mic one two one two. You guys got a new mic. It's good. Yeah, I see my bag still. It's mm-hmm. not this mic. Oh, okay. It's, 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 it's yet to be mind. unboxed. That'll be fun. <laughs> we can do that after the after the podcast. It's yes, fun. like a small treat. Yeah, <laughs> maybe some ASMR at the end. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but you know, like what you were saying a second ago. Um, this is what I was saying to the Damon people as well when when I interviewed them two weeks ago. This is a really good time to go to a debate because there's so much shit going down. And like, I imagine a lot of your topics are going to be centered around coronavirus and how to deal with that. And the interesting thing about coronavirus and why it's been, I think why it was quite tough at the start was that everybody had an opinion and everybody felt differently about it. Mm. And it was such a large issue which was impacting people, like everybody in the world in some way or another, that to have that variation of opinion, variation of impact, but still consistency of impact to everybody caused so much friction. And it's caused, like, even between me, like me and you, where we agree on nearly everything, this has caused like, a couple arguments yeah. you know, after dinner. <laughs> and even, like, I, I was on the metro here today, and I went and sat down, and this guy opposite, like, the train was fairly busy, but not, you know, packed. Uh, you know, people... Most people were like maybe a meter apart from each other, something like that. It wasn't strict 1.5. Mm. And I sit opposite this guy and he, he says to me like, hey man, 1.5 meters. And it was like one meter or something. I looked at him, I was like, man, if, if you've got a problem with it, the move, like, just, mm-hmm. you know, mm. what's your problem? And then he like starts tutting at me and he moves like just a little bit further away. <laughs> and he's staring at me the whole time. And I was getting so angry because I just don't, like I, I don't believe that people should be afraid to be within like one meter of other people. I think it's just a it's a very dangerous way to get people to act. But you know, this is just this is my opinion, mm. you know, and it's his opinion mm. that one point five meter is an important way to go about things at the moment. So but I think you're you're gonna get yeah. a lot of these kind of differences mm. in these debates and these kind of personal things coming out and how it impacts public policy and human rights, uh, economic and social factors as well, security council. All of this will play into these debates, and I think they're going to be very nice, actually. Oh, for sure. I think from a year from now, we're going to, especially right now, a lot of people also for their thesis are discussing coronavirus. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting research, definitely, on the social impacts of what's going on. But yeah, with regards to the one meter thing with a guy, (laughs) I mean, I generally think one and a half meters, since it was like advised by the government and so forth, we should try to stick to that as much as we can Be, but it's also it's of course it's a delicate situation like i find myself in many instances when i go to the supermarket for example and people just like rushing by on my side or for example i'm rushing by because i for a moment forget that we're under corona times you know and i'm like oh, did that person okay i think i you know didn't care about them or didn't give a fuck or, yeah it's just it's a very interesting interesting it's time in our life yeah. <laughs> It's just, uh, yeah, we've kind of implanted these ideas about um, about solidarity in a way, and it's been fused with, not to say one way or the other, 
but our idea of what solidarity means has now been quite inextricably linked to fear. Mm. Um, but I mean, fear has been the source for regulators for a very long time. Mm. Um, well, I mean, it's 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 been a it it can be a source. It's it's often a source, but I often, to me, that's where. I draw the distinction and I don't want that to be the source. Mm. I don't want, I, I think po policy should be, whenever possible, be defined by optimism. Mm. And but that's hard. It is hard. That's but it's very but utopic, it's, you know. Yeah. It is, but it's, but it's also something where I, I'm like, okay, I'm just not like, as somebody who's 22 years old, as somebody who you know doesn't have any health conditions or whatever, I refuse to personally be scared. And that's like me, like I, I'm at the least possible vulnerability, you know? But if I was somebody who was was older and had health conditions and, you know, I'm maybe a smoker or I, or I eat a lot or I'm obese or something like that. If, if I'm looking at the numbers purely, I, I just know that the odds of me dying of coronavirus in a country like this where the containment has been quite, you know, quite good, it's just still so unlikely that if you're just looking at the numbers, I'm like, right, I'm still more likely to be run over by a car than I am to be killed by coronavirus. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think, um, I, even statistically, like there are just groups that are at higher risk and, Oh, uh, definitely. But it's, it's, there is always, you know, the chance. I mean, I, I know a few people who have reported of their grandparents having Corona. Like it's, it's something now that we can, we can course, see yeah, in our yeah. circumvention. So obviously it's a new threat. People will uh, react to new threats inherently. And yeah, sometimes maybe extreme ways, maybe that's needed. Maybe that's not, you can argue, mm. but um, I think it's, I think we need to <coughs> maintain a positive attitude and try to be as optimistic as we can be in times like these, but also, as reflective as we can be, I think it—it's definitely a time that put that um, questioned our lifestyle. You know, questioned just the whole fact that, like, dude, before Corona, my life <coughs> always on the run. Life was so hectic, man. Now I can finally write poems. <laughs> I feel like I feel like <laughs> it's just, just <laughs> it's just as hectic. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, because it's become, <laughs> it's become more hectic, but not necessarily because of coronavirus. Yeah. And people things. are finding creative ways to somehow, you know, maintain what we used to have before, I guess. Um, I don't know, this whole initiative, I don't know if you've seen it on the news at some point, but uh, with all the little children, like, drawing rainbows and sticking it out of the windows of the houses. That's pretty cute. That's pretty cute. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite video from coronavirus is still, like, from, like, very early on in Italy, mm. when Italy was locking down. And everybody was kind of looking at Italy like, oh, shit, shit's crazy <laughs> there. And then there was that, they've been in lockdown for like a week. And everyone was like, oh, shit, they're going to be going crazy now. And then there was like some woman who had, who was like playing a recorder on her balcony, like really badly. Yeah. And then, or maybe it was the husband. And then the other one just comes out and like starts hitting him with a chair. <laughs> like, shut up. She's like, and they just start screaming at each other. I'm trying to wow. be creative and you're not letting me. Here you really can notice like the difference between Italy, for example, and Germany. Because in Germany, when I was quarantining with my family there for a while, and I remember I was going to take a walk in the forest and on my way, um, several times af actually on several days, um, I saw that people were just like standing outside in the street really yeah with one and a half meters distance and whatever with their own like 
booze and everybody was looking up and I was like, what, what are you guys looking up to? And then I took my headphones off and I noticed that some person was just holding like a live session playing the piano and all the neighbors were just downstairs on the streets listening. 1.5 meter away. 1.5 yeah, meter yeah. away. Very peaceful, very sophisticated. <laughs> you yeah. see it in Germany now but as in well. Italy would be like, Kedishi, stop yeah, yeah. now. <laughs> what are you doing? Vaffanculo, <laughs> Corleone. <laughs> <laughs> You're not playing Vivaldi. You're right. What is this? You play with spring before some. No. And in German would be like, Das ist ja schön. Das ist, sehr das schön. ist richtig schön. Sehr, sehr angenehm. Schön. Sehr, sehr schön. German ist, ist, German ist sehr gut. Vor ja. the ASMR. Vor the ASMR. <lacht> yes. I remember I was told the other day, with my ASMR? German, ASMR is audio sound mixing something. I oh. don't know. <lacht> you don't know. I don't know. It basically means when you, when you get the microphone, uh. you talk into it very slowly. <lacht> It's talk. very good for you to fall asleep. Very good for German. falling asleep. It's good. <lacht> Schlafen gehen. Okay, Felix, I think we've drifted away. Du bist ein schönes Mädchen. Du bist wundervoll. Du bist sehr hübsch, Felix. In der Wochenende habe ich eine CD gekauft. Oh ja. Oh ja. Ein sehr, sehr gutes CD. Ein CD. CD? Von welchem Künstler oder Künstlerin? Oasis. Oasis? Ja, ja, sie macht Plan. Oh, Oasis. One of my favorite Oasis CDs. They take you, they transfer you to an Oasis. I think it's probably the third best Oasis album. After the first two. Is it called again? The third one? The third one is called, I'll go out of German mode. The third one's called Be Here Now. It's not very good. But it's not the third one, it's like the fifth one, the most planned. The first one is definitely maybe. Mm-hmm. Probably my second favorite one. My favorite is What's the Story, Morning Glory. Mm. It's always a tough choice between mm. definitely maybe and What's the Story. Because obviously on What's the Story, you've got Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, Champagne Supernova. Mm. And then a few other nice light classics like Whatever, She's Electric. <laughs> But then with Definitely Maybe, you have just this like complete fucking poof, litmus of fucking, you know, bangers. Like, mm. you know, it, industrial working class bangers yeah. that just came straight out of the mind of Noel who had no musical experience whatsoever <laughs> and it's just him being like fuck yeah man rock and roll drugs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. supersonic bro we're gonna live forever bro he's just on you can tell he's Isn't on coke the whole time stars? Isn't that most rock stars? Yeah but it was just <laughs> it was but it was just you could really see his talent coming through his raw yeah. talent and his poetry as well and his his own experience as being a working class bloke It was just like those few things combined. Then with Liam singing as well, you know, just just a be- just a perfect storm. <laughs> and then you get the album of the year in Britain, at least. Yeah. Anyway, maybe we can play some Oasis if we organize the live uh, party. With could be, guy. yeah. Oasis, For everybody, is, especially like because you know, MUN kids—they're not always like you know the, the coolest of kids. They have <laughs> they have this reputation, so they'll probably be into like you know the Wonderwall bangers and that. Oh yeah, for sure, that's a classic. I can definitely see. I mean, everybody see screams out of their fucking lungs when, yeah. when they listen to Wonderwall. Or don't look back in anger. Yeah. Oh God. So th- they're also song. like songs like most people know. Like I, I I don't know anybody who doesn't know Wonderwall. Have you ever met anybody who doesn't? It's know no, it's a must. It's a must, right? I wonder how. Like what. Can you retrace songs like that back to one specific point where so you listen to them? Or I where, remember, where does it come I from? I remember asking my parents, because I've always been a huge Oasis fan. Mm. And uh, there was a while, like two, three years ago, I was really into them. Like, I listened to them every single day. I knew like every single song. 
<laughs> I remember I asked my dad about it because he was like my age when they were huge or a little bit older than me when they were huge. Mm. And I was like, yeah, what was it like? Like during, because there's always like, I've watched documentaries about it and there was like, they always talked about like Britpop mania and Cool Britannia and like, you know, Noel Gallagher mm. going to 10 Downing Street to meet Tony Blair <laughs> the day that he was elected. And I was like, yeah, what it was like? He was like, there was one summer, the summer that Wonderwall came out and then What's the Story Morning Glory came out. You literally could not walk like down the street without hearing either Wonderwall, Champagne Supernova, Don't Look Back in <laughs> Anger, or a song off their first Don't album. My dad was like, I didn't like it that much. So I fucking hated it, you know, because it was just everywhere. It was yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I guess, uh, I guess the equivalent of Oasis for our time right now would be which band? There isn't really an equivalent because it's, there isn't an equivalent in Britain or like in here because it was the way that type of music wise but but popularity wise you know the feeling of your father of like him listening to this everywhere around and almost disliking the the songs just because they were so mainstream there, there really right. isn't because it's oasis was very unique to britain they really didn't get into the american market or get into the european market they go into the european market a little bit but it was so british and it's tapped into that british consciousness yeah. so well you can hear it in their music as well yeah. like it's yeah that's why I love it. It's because yeah. it's like, okay, this is what being British is all about. Yeah. You know, just this fucking stuff and the way they talk. <laughs> and the donk, baby, the donk. Uh, we'll talk, <laughs> we know, listen to the donk cast if you want to learn about donk. As we can't, we'll be here all day if we start Dude, talking about that. Oh my God, I have to wake up every morning to feel <laughs> playing donk in the shower. You're lucky enough to you, wake up like, every morning. Donk, how much BPM is donk? Like, oh, what, it's 300? No, it's flying no, off the roof. It's at least 130. And it goes up to around... I'd say on average it's like one sixty. Yeah, I, I would say you prefer going up the higher the higher realm. Man, like I'm not I'm not I'm not in it for the BPM. I'm in it for the I'm in it for the soul. For the soul, exactly. I'm in it for the pop music. A lot of soul in the shower. For the Madonna. <laughs> I do think about I'm just that like sometimes. Felix, shut it off. You never you never shout Tune it down because you love it. <laughs> no, because you don't hear me shouting behind <laughs> oh, all do the you noise. Shout sometimes. <laughs> well, mentally, mentally. Oh, that's different, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like ah, no, but it's funny. It's quite. It's quite I do cute. think about that sometimes. I'm like, oh, it's it's ten. Should I put on lobster B? <laughs> I'm gonna put on lobster B. They they should wake up anyway. <laughs> it's it's understandable. No, if I'm not awake by ten, I I would actually prefer you waking me up. So exactly, it is understandable. Mm. Mm -hmm. Dude, we've made our apartment so beautiful. It is looking lovely these days. It's isn't looking it? amazing. We Kay. managed to get a recliner, which I found in Zouts. We live in Nord. But if if anybody's like looking for new furniture or new stuff, please. No, 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 no. That's not what I was getting at. <laughs> Don't please. We have the exact Contact right Felix. amount of stuff. <laughs> He's a hoarder. I'm not a hoarder. FYI, I'm not. I'm not a hoarder. It's false. Everything you can find. I'd like on to the deny these beautiful. allegations. This is this is not true. I do not know this person. We call it vintage. <laughs> I call it hoarding. I call it I call it receiving aggressive text messages saying <laughs> that I have a problem and that I've had enough Felix you're collecting too many chairs this is I can't live anymore with this many chairs No 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 to be fair we've gotten a really cool chair recently That's what I was about to say before it's I was so rudely interrupted chairs. If anybody wants good furniture you go to Zout <laughs> and you just walk around and because everybody in Zout is very rich yeah. they throw out very good furniture not when it breaks when they want to redecorate mm -hmm. 
So that's what we got lucky of. And Corona times right now. Like when I was in Germany, my mom was redecorating the entire apartment. Is it? Sp- yeah, because I mean, I thought I think a lot of people are throwing away shit nowadays. You think your apartment looks better now in Germany than it did before? Yeah, I think so for sure, for sure. I think so. Did you get a new couch? No, we didn't really get a new couch. It was mostly the balcony. They installed a greenhouse. Oh. We're very self-sufficient right now in Germany. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we have our own greenhouse, our own thing to like plant herbs and cute that sounds lovely yeah it is i remember the one bit of redecorating we had in my house back home in london mm-hmm. <coughs> my mom's doing things pretty regularly but the big one was when she got rid of the family couch mm. we used to have this fucking beautiful pink leather like you know proper plush couch just a big ass fucking lay down melt in it couch mm-hmm. and it like the one we have in the living room yeah but it was <laughs> it wasn't a corner sofa it was like yeah. a bit longer all right. And then pink leather and really like you sit back, you know, like the the recliner that we have. That's mm-hmm. leather. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, but pink and like a whole couch. Okay. okay. Really fucking a comfy ass couch. <laughs> I remember so Very many, eccentric. I remember like growing up on that couch. And then one day my mom, because she's always, she's she's aesthetics over functionality. Oh, th- like me. A little bit like <laughs> Maybe you. that's why you listen to me. Yeah, Get out of here. Get out of here. Don't your tap skin. my arm like that. You <laughs> fucking get away from me. <laughs> so one day, yeah, without consulting the family, yeah, she goes and orders this one and a half thousand Chesterfield ass couch. You know what a Chesterfield couch is? I know Chesterfield, the cigarette brand. It's not. <laughs> diff- different guys. Different guys. <laughs> It's like, you know, those those couches you'd get in like a politician's office. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or like a therapist's I'm, I'm waiting office for this when I become a politician. Exactly. Oh, you can become a politician. Yeah. That's nothing. Everybody who does MUN secretly wants to become <laughs> a politician. <laughs> Secret. They'll be like, oh, I, don't, I don't know, man. We'll see. And like, no, you want to be the fucking prime minister. Uh-huh, don't lie. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is a Chesterfield. These ones. The room for discussion couch, you know. Oh yeah, yeah I see the ones you want to sit sit on with uh, your glass of whiskey and a cigar. Yeah, yeah, but not the ones to watch. You know, three Harry Potter films back to back on. It's it, it looks like the couch from Titanic. Yeah. When yeah, when he's drowning. Her. A bit like that, you know, a bit like one of those. So my mom goes and orders one of those, and then all of a sudden one day I don't I don't know exactly the sequence of events. If she told us what was happening before she made this shift, mm. or if she if she didn't. If she didn't, that's a bold ass move. Because <laughs> I, I remember, like, my dad was pissed off, I was pissed off, and my sister was pissed off. So we mm. were all pissed off. So I think she might have made the shift without telling us. Probably. Because I think if she would have told you, it would have taken ages until something is finally We would have just said no. Yeah, like, exactly. We would have we overruled her exactly. and said, absolutely no fucking way. You're not uh-huh. getting rid of our baby. Yeah. This yeah. is our couch. Yeah. So I think it was that. I'll have to ask her. Probably, <laughs> she's probably listening to this. Mom, drop a comment. <laughs> you know, just let us know. Um, so yeah, and I remember for like a good a good year, we were giving a shit constantly about the new couch, <laughs> and we're still not over it. Like still not over no, it. Until it's it's been years. It's been like it's still it's still not very comfortable. Yeah, it's you have other pieces of furniture that are more comfortable. So we upgraded uh, the other chair, mm-hmm. but yeah, to be honest, like I think about the living the living room situation in my home here and my home in London. The one we have here is way better. We've got a real nice ass couch. We've got a recliner, and we've got that other little chair. In our fish tank. In the fish tank, (laughs) but just purely based on sitability. Sitability, yeah. No, we have a lot of comfortable chairs. 
it's better here, which is crazy to think, considering all this stuff we got off the street <laughs> and we have like half as much space. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. No. Yeah. Cool I stuff. On, I think on that note, we're hitting uh, the 32 minute mark. So we'll finish up this, uh, this interview about UNESCO, which has drifted off into, <laughs> into other places. <laughs> into almost everything. Is there any, uh, anything else besides this? So what are the, what are the lists of committees that you can apply for? Well, we it's have the Human Rights Council. Mm-hmm. We have the Security Council. Security Council is going to be more focused on how to maintain geopolitical stability and yeah, mi- interna- military. International security and peace. Basically. Yeah, peace. Um, yeah, you can. All information is provided on our websites. Uh, so you can find everything. Uh, but yeah, so we have Security Council, Human Rights Council, and we have the ICJ track, the International Court of Justice. So, um, yeah, I would advise you to apply. Mm. Deadline is, as said, 2nd of June, if you would want to participate as a delegate. If you'd like to take over a chair position, which is obviously different. That's, that's, what, uh, that's what you do. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm part of the board. The board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the public relations and event manager. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's why you're here doing this interview. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, no, I'm part of the board. Board applications will also be open at some point in the summer. Uh, so, and to be honest, my previous board experience like this year was really exciting. It's a really cool And you also get paid a bit for that. You get study delay. Yeah, we get study delay at the end of the year. Um, it y- y- There are a couple of requirements uh, by the UFA for that. But uh, yeah, you could uh, mostly get study delay. And yeah, no, and work in a really cool dynamic team. We always had... A lot of support from our supervisors. And uh, t- this year, obviously, was <coughs> a bit of a challenge because of coronavirus. But to be honest, I'm really happy about how everybody just, we all focus on, okay, teamwork, we're going to make this happen. And we're going to make it happen. And it's going to happen. And it's going to be very exciting. It's going to happen. We have also a lot of fun social things we're going to be doing like uh, little challenges and for this conference yeah for this oh, conference really? yeah for this okay. week obviously social being bro. social is also one of our elements <laughs> I see. yeah no for sure we're gonna be having a lot of uh, cool stuff um people just like chilling getting to know each other so um yeah it's gonna be a cool networking event oh, that's <laughs> why that's one of the one of the reasons why you do it yeah but, but I, yeah mainly um we're looking for chairs Mm-hmm. and an advocate general and um as and, said, to, and to be a chair you need some kind of mun experience for sure right? yeah. yeah you need to have previous mun experience because you're basically but not, but not a crazy amount well no not a crazy amount but definitely some sort of experience and because you're going to be like basically be, be the one who has oversight over everything and that the conference runs smoothly and so forth and then so you'd only be involved <coughs> in the second week right yeah only in the second week exactly so you don't have to do the first week but the second week and Obviously, it also gl- looks great on the CV, and there's going to be remuneration remer- involved. Some money. So, and uh, you're going to get to know a lot of really cool people. So, yeah, mm. including myself and Felix. I'll be there. I'll see <laughs> who you. have taken you on many different dimensions I'll today. S- I'll <laughs> see you in the chat rooms, guys. Can't <laughs> 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 you the disco, front left, <laughs> next the to the radio, Unisca Disco. The uh, Unisca Disco sounds fucking sick. Right? Unisco disco, dude. You, because of Unisco, Isca, yeah. Unisco. You disco. You disco. Why <laughs> you beatboxing as well? <laughs> this is the freestyle portion show. Yo. 
You niskas coming at you, gonna make you talk to you, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I like the attempt. Uh, I like I the attempt. I can't. That was, that was close. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I can't freestyle on the weekends. That's the thing, you know. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah, Judy. It's been lovely chatting to you. It was um, really lovely, Felix. I do believe it's your turn to to do the dishes, so <laughs> you need to get off and uh, and do that. Yeah, so you need uh, to go and throw away all the chairs. Uh, the chairs are in my room now. I've reorganized it, so it's all good. How many chairs do you have in your room? In my room? <laughs> oh, my God. It's, I, I've got, like, uh, depends where you're included. So I've got, like, that couch, uh-huh. which I guess you could count as two chairs. Uh, and then I've got another two chairs, and then my office chair, uh-huh. and then, like, a footstool. And they're all just delegated for clothes. <laughs> delegated. Is that, is that <laughs> cheeky MUN <laughs> reference? Yeah, there, we like there we Brooms. go. On that note, we'll finish it up today. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, we're going to play you a little little Oasis number. <laughs> See you out. Thank you, guys. And I'm looking forward to meeting all of you guys and unmasking the political. Unmask the political. Unmask the political. Yes. So this one's, uh, this one's called Married with Children. This is the final song of Definitely Maybe. And I really like this one because it's it's very, like, melancholic. And it's basically all about, <coughs> like, getting in an argument with somebody, mm. having a fight, going away, but then coming back to them because you know that they're your person. Oh, and this is the perfect MUN reference because, you know, that's all what MUN is about. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So it's called Married with Children. But the interesting thing is that the theory behind it has never been confirmed is that Noel wrote this about Liam. Mm-hmm. So they've always been the two people in Oasis and they've had loads of very public arguments, fights. Mm-hmm. They split up because of their personal relationship and because Liam was just a bit crazy. Um, but the theory is, is that Noel wrote this about his relationship with Liam, that they have an argument and then he'd always come back because at no point in it does he like say it's romantic or he has children. He just explains why he gets frustrated with this person. So he actually, if that is true, he wrote a song about how much he flipping gets annoyed by his brother and then got his brother to perform that song at the end (laughs) of their album because it's always (laughs) Liam singing it. But yeah, we'll play it for you now. This has been Uva Radio with Uniska. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. There's no need for you to say you're sorry. You can play this for the girl who you fall in love with at the UNESCO disco. So don't